word of our Lord from the Gospel of Luke. So it was, when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. They came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the angels returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. What we celebrate on Christmas is, of course, the memory of what happened 2,000 years ago on that first Christmas morning. We celebrate the incarnation of the eternal Word. We celebrate the fact that the only begotten Son of the Father took on our flesh, became a man like us, took on our nature to redeem us. We celebrate something that was unprecedented, something that was unheard of, something that had never happened before, something that couldn't have happened before. And we celebrate something that was also unrepeatable, something that has never happened since, something that no one would dare claim in his right mind that happened since. We celebrate a mystery. We celebrate the good news of the Messiah's birth. Now this is obviously not a gospel of prosperity because he was born of a lowly birth. He was born ultimately to suffer and to die. His birth doesn't tell us that life will be okay. It doesn't tell us that life will be filled with joy and bliss. It doesn't tell us that we'll never suffer. It doesn't tell us that we'll never hurt. It tells us He has entered into our world of suffering and pain and hurt and disappointment. He has entered into our world of despair and concern. He has invaded, if you will. He's come to share in it. This is a gospel that calls all people, rich or poor, strong or weak. It calls all of us to confess our need of Him and to find in Him the meeting of that need. And so this is a good news that tells us, no, not that life will be fine and dandy, not that we'll enjoy riches all the days of our lives, but it tells us that we can find the deepest human needs met in Him. That he has come to redeem us. That he has become one of us. That he has stepped into this world. I think it's fitting that we gather for worship on a Christmas Eve night after dark. Because darkness always brings out a little bit of the child in us. It's kind of mysterious. Sometimes it's kind of eerie and creepy. We hear strange noises. We're aroused from sleep and we don't know what quite aroused us. 
we're walking and we know there's no reason to be concerned and yet we wonder, is someone out there? The gospel tells us there is someone out there. And he's entered into our world of fear and danger. He's entered into our world of risk. He's entered in to the nameless. At Christmas, God made himself small. He made himself small literally. Think of it. The eternal son. The gospels tell us the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. The word tells us that this eternal one was born of a virgin. It tells us that he became a baby. That means that before he became a child, he was once a toddler. Imagine baby Jesus toddling about, learning to walk, mimicking the sounds that his mother makes, learning to speak. Before he was a toddler, that means he was an infant. And even just prior to that, he was once a newborn. But if you'll take your mind even prior to that newborn baby, the scriptures would have us believe that he was once a fetus. And before that, he was an embryo. He was once something that technically called a blastocyst, whatever that is. And for the first couple of days after conception, he was a zygote. The Word was made flesh, and He dwelt among us. God literally made Himself small for our sakes. And what we find in God making Himself small, what we find in the birth of this One, who was Israel's Messiah and the world's Redeemer, is that we find a new humanity. Paul tells us that we find a second Adam, a last Adam, a new head of our race. We find a new start. He became like us so that we could become like Him. What we find is as this eternal one made Himself so small, mankind is infused again with the life of God. This time, God did not simply breathe into our nostrils the breath of life. Instead, the word of life entered into our flesh. Taking our nature into himself, he imparts his nature into us. God made himself small, also figuratively. We hear of the story of Bethlehem. And we think of Bethlehem, this lowly little town, and maybe our minds rush back to the Old Testament and think, Bethlehem, that was the city of David. Of course. This is a, a royal place. But we forget that David, when he was called to be king, he was just a little shepherd boy living out with a sheep. He was born into a stable, perhaps cut into a cave. He was laid in a manger. 
hay, animals' food, served as his bedclothes. But this lowly stable served as the great tabernacle for the Holy One of Israel. You remember in the Old Testament that you had Jerusalem, the holy city. And in Jerusalem you had the temple. In that temple you had the holy place. In the holy place you had the holy of holies. In that holy of holies there dwelt the Ark of the Covenant, the covenantal Ark of God. And on the lid between the two cherubim was the mercy seat. The throne of God himself. See, the tabernacle, the temple, the temple, this ark, this seat of God's mercy was about God's presence among his people. It was a place where God dwelled. It was a place where heaven and earth interlapped with one another. And what we find on that first Christmas morning as God makes himself small, both literally and figuratively, what we find is that heaven inhabits earth on a bed of hay in a feeding trough. That mystery should baffle us. It should startle us. Heaven has come to earth in this tiny baby. Making himself small is the customary way of God. It's how he often seems to work. We read of angels making a pronouncement. Announcing to these shepherds, the king has been born. There's born to you this day in the city of David, Savior. He's Christ the Lord. He is your Messiah. And we think of these angels and we think of them singing glory to God in the highest on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. But they made that announcement to shepherds. To those of lowly stature, those of lowly status, those who could not testify in court, those who were nobodies. The gospel tells us, though, that these shepherds went and told the townspeople of what had happened, what the angels had told them, what their eyes had seen, what their hands perhaps had touched. And all who heard were filled with wonder. Could it be? Is it possible? Here tonight? Could heaven have really come down? God's way is to share himself with, in, and through the lowly, the humble, the meek, and the unseemly. And the world awaits knowing not what. The world sits in a lack of awareness of what has taken place. For the holiest of all, the eternal one became small. He did this for us.
He did this to redeem us. He did this to rescue a world gone wrong and a world filled with darkness. Found in him the light of God. Before we pray together, I'd like to share with you a a prayer from a 12th century mystic. O child, creator of all, how humbly you lie in the manger. You who rule powerfully in heaven, there the heaven of heavens cannot contain you. Here, however, you are held in the narrowest manger. There, in the beginning of the world, you decorated the earth with green grasses that produced seed, with fruit-bearing trees that produced fruit. You ornamented the heavens with the sun, the moon, and the stars, the sky with winged birds, the waters with fish. You filled the land with reptiles, draft animals, and beasts. Here, however, in the end of the world, you are wrapped in swaddling clothes. O majesty, O lowness, O sublimity, O humility, O immense, eternal, and ancient of days, O small, temporal infant, whose life is not yet one day upon the earth. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. For this holy day that we celebrate. We thank you that you sent your son into our world to redeem it. We thank you that you sent the eternal son to us to rescue us. That in your Son, you who are immeasurably great and majestic became small and finite. We pray that you would inspire our hearts, that you would help us to walk in the love of Christmas Day. Help us to walk as lowly and as humble. Help us to love our neighbors as ourselves. Help us to look not to our own interests, but to those of others, as we have seen done in the birth of your Son Jesus to redeem us. We pray, O oh Father, that you would fill our hearts and fill our minds with the great mystery that is Christmas. Fill us with the wonder of this holy day. Puzzle us, confuse us, baffle us. And enable us to reach out and to grab hold of this great mystery. Amen. God with us.
We pray in His name.